0: welcome to the french wedding podcast with your host naïm the only podcast in english about weddings in france great conversations tips and insights about your french wedding some wisdom before your big day and the opportunity to hear wedding professionals actually living and working in france only for your day to be the most amazing to remember
1: hello everyone and welcome to the french wedding podcast greetings from france this is the place we're recording this show I'm Naim, professional ceremony officiant based in my hometown Paris and I created this show specially for future brides and grooms willing to get married in Paris or anywhere in France. Each episode is an occasion to meet a main actor of the industry, can be a vendor such as a wedding planner, hair and makeup artist, bridal salon, videographer, venue owner, bloggers, you name it this show exists to bring you some insight about how people do things in france regarding the wedding industry but we also share funny stories things to know and special memories when we happen to work together on the very same wedding my guest today has a background in corporate events and she's also a romantic at heart she's a planner and a designer with a passion for bringing beautiful moments to fruition She specializes in destination weddings in Paris, but will happily travel to any location worldwide. Meet Ariel, the founder of Wonderstruck Events, a luxury experience you can't afford to not have. Ariel, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you so much for being here and to start off a new year of conversations with wedding professionals in Paris. Thank you very much for taking the time. Um, of course. I'd like, I'd like to start this by asking you, where in the world are you right now?
0: <laughs> yes, I ac- I often get that question um, <laughs> because I am a destination planner so yeah. people often don't really know where i actually am based but i am based in canada so in vancouver canada oh, um wow. this is where i've lived my whole life and it's actually where i started my career um, but only recently in the last year or so that i've transitioned to doing destination weddings primarily in paris and beyond
1: okay so um i'd like obviously to ask you these questions uh how How did you come up to be specifically attracted to Paris or France for destination weddings?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's there's there's many reasons. I think <laughs> anyone who visits your city um easily falls in love with it. There's so much character, there's so much charm, there's so much inspiration everywhere, and it's obviously a very romantic city. Um, mm-hmm. so I think it's hard to find those type of elements in specifically in North America, certainly in Canada, but um I think those venues and that type of ambience is hard to come by. So I think a lot of North American couples who travel to to Europe and you know specifically Paris, they they fall in love with that and they want to have their wedding there. So that's kind of for me that's that's also what I um what I experienced when I visited your country for the first time. so that's where I transitioned my my business now.
1: It's a great idea. When was the first time you 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 came to Paris?
0: Uh, two years ago. So 2017, okay. 2018. Yeah. So and that was my first time. It? And then
1: yeah.
0: uh, it was really incredible. Yeah. So we did a lot of the, you know, typical sightseeing stuff. We kind of tried to cram everything in
1: in the first <laughs> trip. Which, yeah. You
0: know, it's not Obviously. maybe the best way to do it, but you know, then afterwards the following years when we visited each year it's it's much more relaxed and you can actually just enjoy enjoy Mm -hmm. the city so the tourist things
1: (laughs) yeah of course and and did you feel like uh your first trip was some kind of a guidance for you to serve the brides better brides and grooms advising things yeah
0: absolutely so i think my first trip i you know, I started doing a little bit of research and I realized there was um, there was a, a spot that I could fill because um, I am of Chinese background. So I speak I'm fluent in Mandarin um, okay. and I, I felt like there was a, a spot I could fill because there's a lot of Asian couples coming abroad from Asia um, to Paris. Yeah. And then I found a lot of the planners and the vendors that work in Paris primarily speak English and French. Mm-hmm. so. I felt there was a void. There was only maybe a handful, a one or two companies that did specialize in in Asian couples and could speak the language. Um, So I felt that I could maybe fill that gap a little bit.
1: Yeah, definitely would be some kind of like a mix of all... The things that you're good at, like, uh, obviously mm-hmm. you speak the language because you have a background and you, I, I think I've read somewhere, if I'm not wrong, if my sources are good, that you <laughs> have a background in uh, uh, events.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Tell me a bit more about
0: yeah. that. Yeah, my background of events is actually in corporate event planning. So you know, I did that for seven years. Um, okay. Corporate events is definitely a little bit more boring. It's very logistical,
1: um, <laughs> but you very know, very technical. Yeah.
0: Very technical. Very heavy on the logistics, but yeah. it's certainly, you know, when you're planning a wedding, it's not all just pretty fun things. There's also a lot of logistics to it. Mm-hmm. So that definitely is a skill set that. Um, that translates right over to wedding planning um so I did that for seven years before I just it became too boring for me and I was was craving the creativity that wedding planning allows me Mm -hmm. so um after seven years I quit my full-time corporate job and have been doing wedding planning full-time since
1: Wow, so you you decided just like that. You said, I want some more creativity in my life. It looks like you're very creative, by the way, because I was sure. looking at your website, oh. all your platforms, even Well, Insta- obviously Instagram, but also Pinterest. I really love Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, I did my homework. That's what I do.
0: Uh, I'm <laughs> glad. Well, Pinterest, yeah, I I'm mean, glad. I've-
1: a lot of people, I'm sorry. A lot of people uh, in the industry are obviously uh, having a great... Instagram, Pinterest mm-hmm. as well, but yours is really intimate. I felt a lot of intimacy and, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of advices, and I really like
0: mm-hmm. it. Thank you so much. I'm really glad that you took the time to look at that, and I'm glad that you pointed mm-hmm. that out because it's something obviously that I haven't putting a lot of effort into. Of course, I think as an industry, um, there is so much um, emphasis on creating pretty pictures but yes. sometimes there's not a lot of substance to it i think
1: 100 um, yeah
0: and it's not i mean it, it's totally subjective obviously everyone thinks something you know it's beauty is in the eye of the beholder but mm-hmm. at the same time i think especially with the last year being lockdown for a lot of places everyone was just pumping out content after content and it's not necessarily a good thing (laughs) and if if everyone's just recycling the same type of content or you know and I'm sure as a bride um, I don't know what a bride would see when they look at this type of imagery that's like just you know, kind of mass produced. I think. Yes. Um, so for me personally, in the last year, I've been really trying to focus on content that would be useful to a bride. That is, you know, something that we can actually save for later refer to, actually find inspiration more more than just like a pretty image.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you that it's something that really people can feel like when they when they're browsing to your website.
0: Mm-hmm. You oh, can see you. the
1: you can see the yeah all the details the 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 intimacy that you're creating besides mm-hmm. um, the fact that you're obviously uh, providing a lot of tips and uh, providing a lot of experiences in your blog and everything but you're talking about mm-hmm. for example the your business is, uh, is called Wonderstruck mm-hmm. and you're talking about the Wonderstruck family and these mm-hmm. kind of things. I think it's uh, people like that. I think it makes it very yes, I think special. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think so. I, I mean, in my, in my experience, when obviously when I started wedding planning, I did work for a few other companies. You know, I, I worked uh-huh. for other planners. I learned from them, and I think what I learned I didn't like was kind of the mass model where, you know, sometimes a company, a larger company with many planners working in that company, they take yes. Uh, often 40 to 50 weddings a year and it's it becomes it's very transactional with each couple Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like they they go through the same steps they plan the wedding boom bam thank you (laughs) ma'am right everything's done um (laughs) but i think for me i really wanted to create like a boutique service uh And that is why I only actually take on like about five couples each year. This is actually before the pandemic. This is how I worked even in Vancouver was I was only taking about five couples a year because wedding planning, I have to invest so much time into each couple. And it's and I always say to my couples, too it's a big investment for them. Sometimes a wedding planner is one of the most expensive vendors they will hire. So Mm -hmm. it's a big investment for the couple. Then I should be investing the same amount into them. And I can't do that if I have like 10, I'm working with 10 couples a year, you know? So Mm -hmm. I always um, limit it to uh, about five couples so that I can truly invest in each. And like you said, kind of like make it a, a more intimate experience
1: well that, that's a really good thing i think people people mm-hmm. crave i think uh this kind of this kind of feelings because this is this is not just a supermarket trip you know you're getting married mm-hmm. and you want you want the full attention of of all the vendors especially your wedding planner so i think it's a good mm-hmm. thing but what exactly. you said is good um maybe we can we could talk about uh the process uh when mm-hmm. people contact you, they reach they reach out to you in one of your great platforms. And they're getting in touch, obviously. <laughs> and then what's going on? Try us a little bit about it.
0: Yeah. So once a couple reaches out, um, I prefer if they submit the inquiry form on my website, just because it kind of gives me the information I need mm-hmm. um, to start with. I think couples are often confused when they're searching for vendors is that they want to hire that vendor, um, they sometimes forget that it all ha- it has to be a good fit both ways, yes. you know? So, um, that is the reason why I have a pretty lengthy consultation process. It's for both the couple and myself to see if we're a good fit for each other. Right. Um, so once I receive an inquiry, I ch- generally reach out, we schedule a, 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 video call. Um, It usually lasts anywhere from 45 minutes up to an hour. And it's a video call where we just talk about um, all their wedding planning ideas. I don't actually really talk about my services that much because I am a full service, full design. So um, I don't offer different packages, you know, day of, et cetera. So my service is all inclusive. So we don't spend a lot of the call talking about that. I, of course, I send over the information that they can read in advance, but for the call, I like to, you know, focus on the couple and what they want to, what they're looking for in a planner and what they want to achieve for their wedding. Um, so I essentially go through you know I have a bunch of questions that I ask them and I also just listen to them and their ideas um mm-hmm. after the call I do put together a very detailed quote for them so this is something that kind of bothers me about the wedding planning industry well specific to wedding planners is like when I see packages are being offered um that to me I just I've when I started out, I definitely put packages as well, but I just think it doesn't really work because obviously every couple is different. Every wedding needs are different. And it's very hard to just be like, okay, this package at this price, you know, works for, Mm -hmm. for your needs, especially when during the wedding planning, you're working with a couple for sometimes more than a year and your, their wedding planning needs change. So I think to go the package route, just, isn't working maybe it works for some people but it doesn't work for me so that is the reason I do a consultation with the couple is so that I can put together a custom proposal for them um so the custom proposal it includes obviously the quote um what I think is appropriate for what we've discussed that their needs are I also put together a mood board um so I actually take their ideas what they've told me you know obviously it's a one hour call so i we don't go too, into too much detail but i take what information i can and put together a preliminary mood board for them this is so that they can see you know yes this is somebody that gets my vision or mm-hmm. mm, no they they're not the right style for me so that's part of the um the board and sorry the proposal and then the last part of the proposal i like to do is a uh, a preliminary budget as well So for most couples, obviously, this is the first time they're getting married. They have no idea how much things cost or what to budget. Um, And obviously, what they want sometimes is not realistic to what they can afford with their budget. So uh, my job, I think, is definitely help them prioritize where they want to spend their budget. So part of the proposal, I also do a breakdown for them just so they can see you know, what is realistic, what is not realistic of the budget they want to spend. So all of this goes in a custom proposal that I send over to a couple after we have a consultation. Um, And then if they like it, if they, you know, if they have some changes, we, we talk about that, we can set up another call. And if they're happy with it, then I onboard them and we start with the planning.
1: Okay, that looks very organized. I really—it's like a very, very
0: comprehensive <laughs> answer. Sorry, I rambled.
1: <laughs> I really like that, and I couldn't agree more. This is really what I do as well. I started by doing packages, just as you said, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. really had the same impression as you. It's, it looks looked like you were treating people in different ways or putting them in two buckets, and I mm-hmm. really felt that it wasn't personal and obviously uh-huh. when you're starting to to organize or assist to any weddings uh, you mm-hmm. realize how different they are so mm-hmm. i really agree with that and also with what you were saying regarding the um, if if people fit on both sides i really do mm-hmm. the same I talk mm-hmm. to my couples in a very straightforward way even if it's romantic and it's a, it's a love event and everything. I think it's very important to be honest. And mm-hmm. I really really do the same. I talk to them and I say, "Look, if you you probably already know if you're going to if you're willing to work with me or not." And that's mm-hmm. really okay, you know. When yes. you have this first phone call or a video call, it's really chemistry so Mm -hmm. couldn't agree yeah for
0: sure like i said earlier you know you're spending with wedding planners at least i spend more than a year with the couple sometimes talking like every day you know (laughs) so (laughs) um it's a lot of time you're spending with someone you really get to know them you get to know their family their friends and if it's someone you don't have chemistry with it's Mm -hmm. it makes it very difficult right so
1: that's yeah that's crazy so you've been featured in uh, many international wedding blogs and websites, but <laughs> you, despite not living in Paris or being based in France, so <laughs> what do you think which is not a, something mandatory of course, but uh-huh. in your own words, what does the words "friends and wedding" mean to you, and why would it be different for uh, a north American um, American Canadian couples to? talk to you first and then let them organize your, their wedding with you?
0: Hmm. I think, um, as I mentioned earlier, France, Paris, it's very synonymous with romance. Um, and I think couples choose this destination because they, they can get the type of scenery and ambiance that they cannot get back home. So obviously I have some expertise in chateaus in France and, you know, you have so many, like literally <laughs> there's, there's so many, sh- so many chateau options to mm-hmm. choose from. And I think in North America, uh, you, know, you have a handful that look like chateaus or they're just like heritage mansions. And mm. those are very, very popular venues that people who like the, the type of fine art, aesthetic are attracted to so i think a lot of the reason they choose that is because they like that castle fairy tale um ex- aesthetic that they want to achieve for their wedding um i think one of the pros of working with somebody who is from north america is that i share the same um culture as them uh absolutely just because yeah just because there's definitely certain customs. And traditions that you know a French planner might not be accustomed to versus yes. somebody who is you know from North America mm-hmm. or in Asia with an Asian couple. Obviously, I grew up um, in an Asian household. I'm from Taiwan originally, so I'm familiar with those aspects of the tradition and the culture.
1: That's amazing. So I think,
0: you're, yeah, thank you. You're
1: all around player. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely try to use that to my advantage when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just that it's ex- expertise that you can't really learn unless you grew up with it, right? Or you you're, you grew up in that yes. culture. So um, I think it's just more than just being able to speak English. Uh, I also think um, in France, from what I've seen, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. a lot of the French vendors... The style is a little bit different. Would you say? Would you agree with like kind of North America that's, style yeah, that, wedding that's,
1: style? That makes sense. But what would you what would you mean by style? In in what way?
0: Um, well, actually, two ways. Now that you mentioned it, the mm-hmm. visually, like the what they design, I think okay. is a little bit different from what couples, you know. I yeah, just think French vendors are not as lavish, and definitely yes. from what I've learned, French couples they don't really want to spend that much money on their wedding, <laughs> at <not>. all, right? <laughs> uh, exactly. Which, which
1: makes a lot of sense because we're, when when French people are from here, they uh-huh. obviously this is their country. Uh, exactly. They don't see it. Just what you were saying. This is not the mm-hmm. same view. When I'm going mm-hmm. to California or. Vancouver I am Mm -hmm. amazed and then maybe you like it but it's Mm -hmm. just your city you know Mm -hmm. so it's 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 really different but I agree with you you're right
0: yeah I think we're we're always enamored by the world but we don't really look in our back own backyards Mm -hmm. um, and we take it for granted Um, but I think as a result a lot of the French vendors they have a different sense of like style. So for them, if a couple comes to them and says they want like a lavish wedding, you know, lavish luxury, mm-hmm. that might mean a different thing to them than yes. it might mean to somebody from here where I interpret lavish and luxury very differently, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and then the second uh, part of style that you said, I think is planning style and communication style. Uh, in my experience, um, I've worked with some vendors in France and, Italy actually too so Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's not the same type of urgency the work (laughs) culture is a little bit different
1: you say it it so politely I really admire it
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think just the work culture is a little bit different right from what what North American yeah or Asia is is, um, what they're sorry what they are used to here Mm -hmm. Um, here you know Email communication, text communication—it's very quick, quick, you know, response right away. Um, and I think it's a different t- culture and, mm-hmm. in North in Europe. Which there's no wrong, there's no wrong way to do it. But I think sometimes, um, if a couple is working with like a European team, sometimes they might not realize that, and it can come as a frustrating experience for them if they don't know and they're trying mm-hmm. to communicate with their vendors, etc. So. Um, long story long answer i think that no, is why okay. sometimes a couple I, might
1: yeah, yeah i i really agree with you uh about the, I, I lived in i lived in ireland in spain in, and mm-hmm. in california and mm. this is when i discovered the, the difference <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously this is something that we have we're taking the time to live yes. to enjoy and blah 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 but i am absolutely the the will to be efficient and, and uh-huh. Go ahead with planning, especially in these uh, stressful times. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was talking about with a friend, a photograph. she's American. she's called Crystal.
0: Mm-hmm. Crystal
1: Kenny. And okay. uh, we often talk about uh, the difference of culture, uh, point of views mm-hmm. and history and between, for example, the, yeah North America in general and Europe. And mm-hmm. I really think this is a strength that you have and crystal have is that you mm-hmm. you know both cultures by mm-hmm. uh, living here staying here working here sometimes i guess um mm-hmm. and organizing this but with having with, with always keeping in mind your uh, Amer- North american culture and asian for you well, this is really mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. and your asian couples there are uh most of them some of them they're from canada as well or also, living literally coming with the Asian background over there.
0: Yeah, it depends. So definitely, some um, are from Canada, and specifically like Vancouver, where I am based. There's a big um, Asian demographic here, mm-hmm. but I think the ones from abroad mm-hmm. are typically coming from Hong Kong. For me, okay. so I know a lot of the um, kind of like the main planners that like Irish wedding planning. In, okay. in France, they, a lot of their couples are from China, like mainland China. Um, but for me, I do get a lot of inquiries from Hong Kong. Hong
1: Kong itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's great.
0: And I think it, it comes down to the Chinese language too. I I, I think, course. I don't know if you are familiar, but on my website, there is two forms of Chinese. There is, you know, traditional Chinese and there's simplified Chinese. And in China, they actually you know they speak and write in uh simplified chinese whereas in hong kong they do um traditional chinese hong kong taiwan yeah hong kong taiwan malaysia it's traditional chinese okay so um i think that's primarily my website the chinese version of my website and all my content is written in traditional chinese so i think that is why I attract uh, great that specific oh. demographic.
1: Thanks yeah. for the information. I didn't know. I wasn't. I wasn't mm. educated uh, as no, much a, in, in the Chinese language. <laughs>
0: uh, no, it's not very unless unless Correct. you like specifically look at to find out. You wouldn't know. So.
1: Okay, great. And uh, what's the situation right now with your business regarding the COVID nineteen events? We're recording this in February twenty twenty one. For those mm-hmm. who join. What would you say yeah. if, if if anything changed, what was it?
0: Mm, um, I you know, I actually feel very fortunate because I personally haven't been very affected by COVID. And I feel bad saying that because I know the industry as a whole has been very affected and a lot of for a lot of people this is their primary income. So mm-hmm. um for them. You know, it is a big deal that this last year and then also this year as well. You know, yeah. A lot of weddings have not been able to move forward. Uh personally for me, um, most all my weddings have been postponed to all my full service weddings have been postponed to next year. Um, I do have a few small elopements and micro weddings happening in Vancouver um this year, just because locally. Um but Great. yeah, all my full planning destination months are are pushed the next year. I was very blessed with couples that just, um, they're very relaxed about it and they just didn't want to, you know, push it by a few months and then wait and see what the regulations are and then postpone it again. So mm,
1: yeah.
0: from the very start from last year, all the couples just said, you know, let's just push it to 2021. And then in December of last year, there's like, it doesn't look like it, things are improving let's just push it to 2022 so as a result uh my couples were able to kind of get the dates they wanted in 2022 because they made their decision a lot sooner i think than a lot of couples now who are trying to postpone
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so yeah for me i it hasn't affected me too negatively to be honest um I still, I have four weddings booked for next year. So I have one more date open. As I mentioned, I only take five weddings a year. So I, yeah, it hasn't been too different for me personally.
1: Well, that's good news. That's great. Because yeah, as you were saying, uh, many, many people have got affected, many businesses Mm -hmm. and yeah, the whole industry, Mm -hmm. especially destination wedding
0: Mm-hmm. people
1: working here uh obviously yeah taking the toll um we see mm-hmm. the results now but yeah from what i know and what i see um many people have chosen what well, the decision that your couple have taken which is mm-hmm. uh, postponing to last year and let's see what's going on so mm-hmm. france for now is getting better paris mm-hmm. uh, got threatened to be under lockdown and then they decided yes. not to it's a big mess yeah. but we're uh, we're seeing the lights up on the end of the tunnel and we'll see how it goes and we're staying positive that's the most important thing i think
0: yeah and i think you know once this all is over too i think couples <laughs> will be really looking forward to, to being able to celebrate and you know, travel is obviously a big part of a lot of people's um, experiences. So I think um, once travel can resume, um, I don't see why not like destination weddings would be right back on the table.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I think it's great to, uh, to end this conversation on a positive note because uh, what we see on the news when we are, watching tv and when we're reading all the forums we Mm -hmm. see negativity and people who are uh yeah being kind of depressed about the situation so i really love Mm -hmm. your words and uh i really agree with it so oh
0: thank you so much and again thank you for taking the time and and looking at my work and saying kind things about it it definitely means a lot and validates it
1: Oh, it was you. coming from the heart, as always, and <laughs> thank you so much, Ariel for taking the time to be on the show. I'm really pleased to have you. And once the travel ban is done, I make a point of telling all my guests that we will all reunite in the Eiffel Tower and drink a glass of champagne. So <laughs> I
0: cannot wait to visit Paris again. <laughs> you'll be yes.
1: part of it now.
0: So thanks again <laughs> so much. Thank you. We'll
1: see you soon. Thank you so much. Of course, bye. Hey guys, thanks again for listening to the show today. You can find more information on our guests in the show notes, as well as my contact and my website. If you have any questions regarding your French wedding, I'm happy to help. Also, please do not hesitate to leave a review for the show. There's also a link for that that will literally take one minute of your precious time and will mean the world to me. I always appreciate your support. Thank you again very much for your time and feedback. Wishing you a great day or a great night anywhere you are in the world. I send you some good vibrations and we'll talk to you again soon for a new episode. Bye-bye.